Hey, can you flesh that out for me? Wow. Tell me a little bit more Swimming about that. in shallow waters. Are you serious? Okay, let's go a little deeper. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Listen to Speak podcast. I'm your host, Jamal Marshall, tackling burnout, codependency, and people-pleasing at the root. Managers, coaches, entrepreneurs, you know where to find me. Let's stop getting the surface level results and let's really get down to the root. But today is not about me. It's about my guest, Frederick Carey. Frederick Carey is an internationally known entrepreneur with over three decades of leadership experience and transformational strategies that have resulted in billions of dollars in corporate value. He's also the CEO of IdeaPro, and I want to talk about Tam about that. So, Fred, how you doing, man? I am doing great. Thanks for thanks for the introduction, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I'm looking forward to it as well. I've been licking my chops for this one. There's a question, and I know you've probably heard before, but I ask each of my guests, and I'm always amazed at the answer, like the kickback on it. So, what is your favorite genre of music, and how does it inform the way you tackle life and how you do business? Well. <laughs> You know, I was a musician and I screwed up my entire first part of my adulthood because I thought I was going to have this great record deal. We got halfway through and, and the band broke up. And so I probably wrote 200 songs. So besides my own music, my favorite genre would have to be indie music because I just like the free flowing style of it and the fact that it's a little quirky and different like I am. <laughs> you do have a very free flowing and easygoing personality. But you've also done a lot of business globally. And I want our guests to know that you started 10 different companies, three of which went public. You've been in between the field and various positions, and you've even made your first million by the time that you were 24. So obviously, you knew how to make money. Yeah, but I lost it by the time I was 26. So now let that be a lesson, boys and girls. You mentioned something in a lot of your interviews and blogs and also videos that after having done all this, it was time to give back. What pain point or moment in your journey took you to that place where you said, you know what? I've seen the highs and lows. I've experienced the blessings. I've experienced the successes. I've experienced the waiting. I've experienced the blood, sweat, and tears of entrepreneurship. What brought you to the place where you said, you know what? I want to actually show others the ropes. I want to kind of not make life easier, but scale this thing. Because nobody showed me. And after I had had a series of successes and failures, you know, this business is fleeting. Everybody wants to know, what do you need to do to become successful? And that's to succeed one more time than you fail, because it's up and down, up and down. What, whatever you're doing, whatever type of business, look at Elon Musk. He's had so many disasters, one of the richest, if not the richest man in the world. So I got to a point in my career when I basically said, I don't want anybody else to go through this alone. And what can I do to try to help as many people as possible so that they are not on their journey? That coupled with the fact that 95% of entrepreneurs are what you call outsiders. You, know, you look at the statistics and everybody's like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's really great. It's really easy. Statistically, 94% of multimillionaires and billionaires that are entrepreneurs went to Ivy League schools or schools like Stanford. Over 60% of them have advanced degrees and they have professors that can make a phone call and get you in front of somebody with a paper napkin idea and get you $10 million. The rest of us are outsiders. And so I wanted to turn outsiders into insiders. And that's why and how I decided to do it. Okay, I'm going to go and find Thor and try to pick up that mic that just dropped because it was pretty heavy. I mean, I really want our audience to hear that because I think we we get on the Instagram or the TikTok. I mean, I'm speaking to a, a 
everyone from 65 years old all the way down to like 24. That's the, yeah. the audience we we're dealing with here. And we get on these social media apps and we think, man, I'm just going to do this program for six weeks and then boom, I'll be by a pool somewhere while someone fans me with a leaf and I, and I drink sweet pineapple. But you are really actually breaking down what it takes, but also positionally that we're not a part of that Ivy League crew that has access to these spaces. So I'm loving what I'm hearing here. Yeah. You know, and those courses, the only people making money in those courses are the people that are selling you those courses. Although I do have a course myself, but it's a few hundred dollars. I'm not making any money and it just teaches you about entrepreneurship. But but the ones that are basically, all right, use this model. You're going to buy like millions and millions of homes for free. Are you going to be this successful kick-ass entrepreneur overnight? Just pay me $500 and then you're in there and then it's 2000 And then you join up for that job. You're so good. You've been invited to this special thing and it's 10000 And pretty much your wallet's out but as far as your tongue it is, trying to figure out what's going on. And there is nobody that really does this blanket on top of these outsider entrepreneurs that basically says, hey, I'm going to be your co-founder. I know how to play the inside game. I'm going to play it with you. And, um, and that's really the main motivator for, for me to, to try to do this because people who want to do this are individualistic. They really care about trying to make a difference in the world. They want, they want to do better and they don't have a very good chance of any of those things happening because they don't know how to play the insider game. And that's what we teach. And that's what we do as a co-founder. Brett, I love what I'm hearing, but I also love more importantly what I'm seeing in your face. Obviously, you know, I understand human behavior pretty well. And I read Halo data like down to the core. And I can always tell when someone's kind of just using the rhetoric, using the marketing rhetoric, or there's chat GPT and AI. So there's a whole lot of that going on around. But I see in your eyes, like, I've been there, man. <laughs> I don't want people to continue to, to, to one, get robbed in the marketplace, but two, to just be in that wallow place of like, I feel so alone and no one understands me. No one gets me. I started this journey. You know, I'm just going to give up. And statistically, you can drop better stats than I can. How many entrepreneurs actually start this thing and then just gas out? Well, it's statistically, chat, no, no chatting. This is all in my head. 550,000 new entrepreneurs every single month in the U.S. alone. Over 55% of adults in the United States have said that they've started their own business. And at any given moment, only 17% identify themselves as entrepreneurs. That means there's been a whole lot of death and destruction in that path towards entrepreneurship. And there's so many of those people that quit because they didn't know how to play the game the right way. And it really is that you know, we do all of the wrong things. The num listen to this. You want to talk about statistics? This is the most pathetic of, of all. And everybody listen to this. The number one failure of new entrepreneurial companies is that they've created something that there's no demand for. It's not running out of cash. It's like you built something that your mama said was great and nobody else wants it, you know? And most fundamental things that we can do as entrepreneurs, nobody does. The research, the market size, the market growth, the market opportunity, the competitive analysis, your cu customer personas, who are they? What do they want? How can they, how can they be together with me and become my loyal fans? You know, we don't do any of that work. It's like starting a sports team and not knowing what sport you're playing or what the rules are, how long the game is, who the opponents are, what the fans up in the stadium really want. We would never do that in sports. And we do that with our lives, with entrepreneurship. I don't like a lot of dead space here listening to us speak, but I think it's time for us to just pause and really absorb that. I think that's so key because, I mean, let's just say from a revenue standpoint, I want to save people listening a whole lot of money and a whole lot of time. Yeah. Because if you create something that there's no demand for, 
And, you know, entrepreneurs are creatives by nature. And I think sometimes the creative juices, that's where the excitement is, letting the creative juices flow. But it's like, if there's no demand for it, that creative juice continues to flow, to flow, and then you're just drained. Yeah. You're wondering what the hell happened, you know? You wake up one morning and, and what went wrong? And, and mind you, I've done that myself even recently. I mean, the last year has been really hard with Idea Pros because it was kind of like drinking through a fire hose. I mean, when we started this company, we had no idea what the demand would be. In the last two and a half years, we had around 100,000 applications people have wanted to work with. And I'm talking our flagship product, which is heavy lifting and costs a lot of money. If you're an entrepreneur and you wanted to work on that level, we have a lot of smaller programs. But if you wanted to work as a true co-founder, you're going to pony up 100 grand or more right up front. And you're going to give us 30% of that company that we're going to start together. And yet there was 100,000 people. That's $10 billion worth of value. 100,000 people that said, yeah, I'm in. I, I want to do that. And the reality is people want to do it because usually when you start, the very first things you do is like, where can I get my app built? Or how can I get my, my idea patented? Or where can I find an engineering firm? Or what manufacturer can help me with? It's like knowing that you have to have brain surgery and you go on the internet and like, where can I buy a brain surgery machine? You know, that's what we have. It's solutions is, is these outside entrepreneurs. And so that's the big motivator for me to say, stop. You need to build a business. You need to understand what that business is. You need to learn how to be an entrepreneur, how to deal with defeat, because defeat comes along with failure. And failure is what is the precursor to success. I think there's going to be a lot of pauses. One, I was speaking with someone who has over 30 years experience, who, who's known the highs and the lows, but I really want folks to really pause and really key in on the things that you were saying, because I hear your why in this. And I think that's a huge thing, not just in entrepreneurship, but also in our mental health and our wellness, you know, understand what your why is. If it doesn't get you out of bed, if it doesn't grind your gears, if it's not in a sense, a dominator in your thoughts, what's the point? And one thing I tell each of my clients is that the very thing that annoys you most is a problem that you were created to solve. So I've heard a bit of it, but I want to know what what grinds your gears about entrepreneurship and business building. That thing that annoys you is like, you know what? Let's do something about this. Yeah. First of all, I got to tell you, it, it, on some levels, could have been one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life. I had no idea that I was going to have to work this hard. As you said before, I've taken companies public. This is harder because think about it. it, it whoever is out there listening, if you have one company that you're just starting, that fires every single day. You have missed deadlines. You have things that you thought were going to go one way that have gone another. You had investors that were right there at the edge, ready to cut you a check and something changed in their lives out of your control. You didn't get the money. I have 400 of those. I have 400 companies under me right now that I'm actively working with that I have 30% of and Idea Pros is working with all those companies. And it, it is so hard. But the motivator is with all those people depending on you, you know that you can make a difference and you know that you can be there not only with the victories, but when there are failures and we try to pivot, try to find another way, don't give up. We have a good idea of just not executing it the right way. To be there, help turn people's lives around. That makes a difference. You know, they say, like, everybody really, everybody wants to change the world. And our whole deal is when we start with yours, you know? And so that's really the motivator be, behind Idea Pros, behind me, behind what we're trying to do. Sometimes we do it well, sometimes we suck because there's 400 times you're trying to do something. You can't do it right every time. That represents what I call true authentic leadership, which we don't, the word authentic self is just, it drives me crazy. 
Fran, I've I've been listening to you, and I know you you've had some time to listen to my podcast, but you just you understand like why I just as a master of the mind and the heart, I just can't stand that word. But when I see it, I have to give credit for it. And even your leadership style, you talk a lot about because I know you you've done this not just four hundred times. This is what you have now, but you've done this even more than four hundred times. And so many people are ready to build a product, build an app, release it, take it to market. But you say build a legacy. Talk about the core of, of why that's a part of your exhortation. You have to get up and you have to try to do the best you can every single day. Most of us are out there failing at things that we don't love, that we don't love to do because we're afraid to get out of what we call the comfort zone. But it's really like the bird inside the cage. You know, after a couple of years, you open the front of that cage, the bird's not going to come out. Is a real comfortable, all locked up in this little round metal thing that they're never going to get out of because they're afraid to take the leap. And so we are comfortable in failing at shit we hate. You know, why not try to fail at something you love doing? Why not take the passion that's inside of you, let it go out there, try your hardest. Even if you fail, you're, do- you're failing at something you really love. So you're more likely to get up and do it again until you get it right. Failure is just, just means, whoops. It's like a maze. I went down a dead end. I got to turn around and find another way. You know where you want to go and you know it's a great idea. And if it aligns with your passion, your purpose, that's why you can do better because you're trying harder because you're doing something that's consistent with what you're all about as a human being. I love that for real. While you're talking, it's like my, my brain is like riveting with the thought. It's a, it's a book called Falling Forward or Failing Forward. I can't think who the author is at the moment though. I wrote no, <laughs> that would be awesome, though. That would be really awesome. All right, everybody, go on Amazon Pro right now and <laughs> find out who the hell wrote that book. Oh, man. But I think, you know, when you when you speak about the failure and everything like that and even failing at something you love, I just want to, for my audience and your audience who's going to hear this, just release those, the perfectionist, the high achievers, the high performers who you only do what you're excellent at. And I know that sounds amazing because you achieve things at 30 or 35 or 40 that most people haven't done in their 60s and 70s, but you only do what you're excellent at because you're afraid to fail. So I want you to hear what Fred is saying, because he's been doing this for years, for over three decades. The man's got experience. Yeah, hey, do what you suck at. All right, and Michael Jordan sucked at basketball when he started. He started playing baseball first, and uh, wasn't very good as a baseball player. He went and did something he sucked at. He didn't do something. The guy was riding the bench. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You know. I love the sports analogies and even from a mental health standpoint, like how that helps us to pace together our journey. I often think of some of the, the greatest athletes and, and I think of, um, you know, she can be pretty polarizing, but you, you can't deny the skill like uh, of Serena Williams. When they first came on the scene, everyone was looking at Venus. Nobody was checking for Serena. Yeah. And you got this little girl that's constantly getting 120 mile per hour serves aimed right at her body from who at that time Venus was the best. And that, tr- and no one was checking for her. So it's like she had to grind to find, let me find a way to win. And so I noticed that even when she hit shots, they weren't as hard as Venus's, but they had a different spin on them. And so it's like, I kind of suck at what she's good at, but I can find what I'm good at. So- yeah. You have to do things your own way. We're, we're all, we're all different. We all, our, our clockwork inside is different. The way that we process information is different. Don't try to be somebody else. Find your own way. If you find your own way to do it, you're going to be really good at it, whatever it is. I mean, the best, talking about sports, right? The best baseball players, and I guess that's a sport. I'm not that big of a fan, but you, they miss more. The, the best hitters miss twice as many times as they hit, you know? And so if you can look at entrepreneurship the same way, nobody's going to hit a run every time. Try to get a, sing, a single and don't try to strike out too many times itself. I love on the, 
the the website where it says we like the crazies. <laughs> Tell me about that. You know, you, we want the birds to get out of the cages. You know, we we want that. We want the people that we want the people that look at life and and they say, well, why not? Why can't this happen? Why why, why can't we? I don't care what it was before. Let's do it some other way. Those are the type of people that are not afraid to get out of that shell, to get out of that cage, to get out of that comfort zone. Those are the people that are going to change the world. And that's who we want. We want people who are willing to take a risk on something that they feel is going to make a difference. And for us, we're creating a safety net of sorts on, on one level because we know the things you should not be doing, even though we make mistakes, but we know what you should not be doing. More importantly, we know what you should be doing in the order that they should be done. We've created really a systematic approach to entrepreneurship, no matter if you want to be the world's best dentist or you want to have the world's next best tech company. You know, there's, there's a process that you have to follow. It's fundamental in, in anything in life, and especially in growing a business. Follow from start to finish. I, I wanted to ask you, because you've been so honest about not just the successes, but the failures. And for those who, are, who fear failure, will you only highlight your excellence? You're leaving out the autobiographical area of your story that's going to help somebody who's just like you. And that's one thing you've done so well, Fred. I want to ask, like, from a mental health standpoint, has your mental health taken hits through all these highs and lows? Because you had some very high highs, even some high highs you're still experiencing, but you've also had some low lows that have led to, that have led to those mountaintops. Yeah. If you are not questioning yourself, um, you're never going to make it. If you don't feel that tomorrow I'm going to try harder, you're never going to make it. If you don't embrace the pain that comes with entrepreneurship and, and recognize that it's just like going into a freezing cold bath of water, just part of the process to get better, then you're never going to make it. So the lows that I've had, I can't tell you how many times I've woken up in the middle of the night, my bed soaking wet uh, from sweat, staring at the ceiling, wondering what the heck I was doing. Things that should have gone a certain way didn't. Money I should have raised didn't happen. Companies that I knew were superior to competitors ended up being second or third or fourth or failing. You know, it happens all the time. And if you can't accept that and you can't make that part of your fabric of, of life, you're going to be really happy waddling in that little comfort zone of average. You know, and, and average to cutter. There's not that many pe- average people that are really, really happy. Wow. That's something to sit with. And that's a good, for lack of better rhetoric, gut check and reality check for those who are either already in this space or those who want to enter this space. It's really not for the faint of heart or the faint of mind. Yeah. You know, everybody everybody wants to be extraordinary, right? We all have extraordinary lives. Everybody wants a better car, bigger home, better husband or wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, better clothes, better trips. Um, more money in the bank. We all want extraordinary things, whatever they're measured by. At an side story, the best one of those things is happiness, find happiness. But we want to do extraordinary things. But when you go to sleep tonight, what extraordinary thing did you do today to end up becoming an extraordinary person? And most of us, 99.9% of us, when we put our head on the pillow at the end of the night, there's not one extraordinary thing we did today. And so if you want to become this extraordinary person, find one thing that you can do that's out of the ordinary. Just one, take a course, help a stranger, volunteer to do something at your workplace. It's not your job. You know, take a leap, do something every single day that's a little bit extraordinary, and you're going to end up becoming that extraordinary person you want to be. 
Brett, I love how you're giving advice that's actually doable, right? To call it pragmatic. Because sometimes, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship or even business, people could come on and get really ethereal. It's like, give people something they're going to do that they yeah. actually will take away. So yeah. I really, really appreciate that because that's something that it leaves us without excuse. Take a little piece of paper and a little pen and write something down at the end of the night. What did you do today that you thought, wow, I've never done that before? That's it. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. Do something. Absolutely love it. Because we're slowly kind of nearly closing out here. I, I have a few questions. No! Oh, <laughs> Though I've, obviously, Idea Pro is, and I want to talk about Idea Pro, but I know it's geared specifically, you know, towards entrepreneurs, but even for those listening. So you got people listening on here who they work a full-time job, but they have a side gig, or they're about to take that leap and they are scared out of their wits. Now, obviously, you've given a lot of reality checks you know, during this podcast, but for that person that's like right on the cusp of, you know what, not only I have this creative idea, I think I'm ready to execute or I've already been executing, but I just find myself in my own quicksand. But what advice do you have to that person? Well, first of all, one dog is entering the house and you may hear barking in the background. What I'm going to say to that person, if you're really terrified and you don't think you can do it, don't do it. And let me tell you why. Because you got to get to the point where you're really terrified and you don't think you can do it and you're going to do it anyway. You're not going to listen to me when I tell you don't do it because you're going to do it because you're meant to do it. And so the advice that I'm going to give to everybody is this. You will be scared. You will think you can't make it. Do your homework. Just, just like that coach on the team that couldn't even figure out what sport it was. Don't show up like that to become an entrepreneur. Get your facts. Get your statistics. Understand your marketplace. Even if you're going to go out and raise some money from your friends and your family, let's suppose you want to start this out and you just need like 25 grand. Who's going to give you money if you go there and you say, hey, I'm going to start this business. I think it's going to be really cool. I haven't done any analysis, but sounds good to me and I got a catchy name. No, none of it is going to give you any, any, anything. But the same friends and family, if you go there and say, you know what? I've been studying this for a year. This is the market size. This is a big hole in the marketplace. And I think I can exploit this hole because I've created this golden widget that fits right into the hole. The demand's already there. These other companies that are in the space are making hundreds of millions of dollars or millions of dollars or billions of dollars, whatever the case may be, but they're not doing this one thing. I figured out how to, how to do this thing. And there's all these customers over here that need it. And I got it. When you give me 25 grand, people are going to give you money all day long when you understand your stuff. And not only that, you're not going to be one of those statistics that you're a failing business because you created something that nobody wants. So if it's going to be your side hustle, take as much time to do it on the side, but you start not selling stuff, start learning. You guys hear that? I want to make sure you didn't miss it. I say to my clients, teams and individuals like hashtag DMI, don't miss it. It's <laughs> that. Like y'all got that for free. Such a function. Yeah, usually it costs money. Hey, they can actually get stuff for free from me every day if they go on, on my Instagram. I got about a half a half a million uh, followers on there, and it's just it's official Fred Carey, C A R Y. And I try to give. I don't give. I do give entrepreneurial advice, but I give more real person advice. You know, personal development type things. And my argument is with purpose driven entrepreneurship, you're never going to have a great company unless you're going to be a great leader, and you can never be a great leader unless you're a really good human being. You know, and it starts there. You know, how do you treat your wife, your husband, your dog, your kids, the neighbors? You know, you start there. Try to become a better person every day. That's going to give you a head start and an advantage over those other competitors that are not great people. Right. I couldn't agree more. It starts on home. It starts on home front. 
often, you know, the highest compliments I can receive are, are not from all the people on LinkedIn, all the people that come into my different inboxes and say they've listened to the podcast or the companies I work with. It's the people who are around me every day that say you live it. Like that's what makes my heart melt because they see my highs and lows, you know, they know just like any human being, I piss, poop, shower, and shave like every, like the next man does. <laughs> I'm human, you know? So when the people who are around you, and I know that could be a bit of a crude analogy, folks, but when they see it, that's actually the most important thing. That's the real center of leadership development and personal development. So I love that. Man. Yeah. It all starts. And, you know, like, I guess we're closing. And, and what I would say that in one way or another, we are all entrepreneurs. Even if you continue your journey working for another company, you can be an entrepreneur at home. Look at the, the foundation of the best entrepreneurs are never quitting. Always trying harder. Something doesn't work. Try something else. What about if you deploy that in your household? What about next time you and your wife got in an argument or you and your husband got in an argument? You try to find a different solution, different way of handling that. Wow, we have this problem that keeps coming up. We got a pit of it. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's figure out what's going wrong. And when you start doing that, you're going to be a lot better at home because you're training your life and your world as an entrepreneurial world. And now you can take that into your workplace, even if you're working for somebody else, you're going to try harder because you're going to care more. You're going to get better advice and you're going to get better promotions and go up the corporate ladder if that's where you want to play, because you're going to be more valuable as a human being to that company and those employees around you. Be an entrepreneur no matter what you do. Reg, you just opened up a big, beautiful can of worms that I, I feel like we need to capitalize on. Just because, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm speaking to all sorts of different entrepreneurs and book authors and public speakers, but Mental health, wellness, and obviously spiritual wellness, my faith's huge to me, is important. And I think we leave those things. We like you, you constantly say, look, don't build an app, don't build a product, build a legacy. But the legacy starts within. And obviously, you know, in my space, I know a, a lot more about the suicidal statistics, all the negative things that people don't want to touch. And so many people who have been in your spaces, been in your shoes, millionaires, billionaires, even, we get the, the flash on the news or Associated Press, or we see it on social media, or we see it on LinkedIn. It's like, Wow. Like, how did that happen? And you seem to be a man of principle who's not just living this online, but offline. What are some of the habits that you implement that keep you spiritually well, mentally well, and in a good headspace? Yeah. First, I'll tell you, old, rich, white guys, side rate that's above almost everybody else. It's, uh, you know, and everybody wants to be at least one element of that. Nobody wants to be old. But everybody wants to be rich. But what I do I start my day, no matter how stressful it is, and it's stressful often. I'm typically I'm working six, seven days every week, 10, 12 hours every single day. And by the way, I'm 73, and I promised my ch children I'd, I'd retire by the time I hit 90. So I got a ways to go. And what I do, I work on the most important job first, which is me. So when I get up, I always make sure I have a couple of extra hours of time. And that means usually giving up at 4, 35 o'clock in, in the morning. And I take those two hours and I do a couple of different things. Number one, the very first thing that I do is I work out for an hour, five days a week. I work out hard. I have 20-year-old employees that try to work out with me and end up throwing up four out of five. Not so far. Nobody else wants to work out with me. So it's not like old man pussy workout. So it's really hard stuff. And then after that, I, I meditate. I have positive affirmations. I reflect on the things that I'm grateful for. And I read a little bit. And when you spend that time focusing on you first, now you're ready to tackle the day. So that helps keep everything in order. That gives me a fresh start. And at the end of the day, when, I, when I'm done, I kind of reflect on what I did right and what didn't work out so well for me at the end of every single day. 
It's amazing. I really want people to hear, you know, all of those elements. And just even if you're in the entrepreneurial space or the career space, make sure that you block time off on your calendar where you are in that place of whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's working out, which just time that you have for yourself and you can really get centered. You guys often hear from me, presence trumps presentation. If you're in any space, career or entrepreneur, you have to do presentations or sometimes you have to do consulting. You have to present to whether it's crowdfunding campaign. I mean, I could go on and on and just put you guys to sleep, but get present, get centered. And you're hearing from Fred that he's actually taking the time daily, consistently, a habit that has been developed over years to get present. Uh, you guys know from my faith as a Christian, I take time to pray and meditate. Otherwise, I go crazy doing this work. <laughs> so it's, it's key for me. And it's key for anybody. You know, however you get there, make sure you get there. So Fred, I, I love what I'm hearing, man. And I love the fact that you said 20 year olds can't keep up with you. So I don't even know. I, I might be scared to work out with you, bro. Oh, you look like you could handle it. If these guys are up chucking, man, I don't know. But I know here in DC, we got some pretty tough gyms where they do circuit workouts. And I was one of the few guys that did not throw up because I paced myself <laughs> and didn't start off too hard, you know, at the beginning. That's the problem with 20-year-old guys. They want to beat up the old dude. They don't pace themselves. That's why they throw up, not because it's so hard, because they're trying too hard. That's a good point you make. And I want to talk about that as you've given a lot of very sage advice, not just about entrepreneurship, about career, but also about personal development. And a lot of times I feel like when we are in the space of trying too hard, it's either perfection, it's either a fear of failure, or it's a desire to achieve where we're trying to step on someone else to get what we want. Having been around all these years and knowing your experience, what would be your advice to the person who feels like that is the way to do it? And they, they've, they've taken the red pill from the YouTubers, but it's not working for them. I would say this, compete against yourself. Compete against yourself. Get up every day and, and know that you need to do better than you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what the guy or woman across the street is doing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, what anybody else is doing. Are you better than you were? Are you trying harder than you did before? Have you reflected and admitted on your mistakes? Have you ever apologized? You know, those are things that are key instrumental foundational elements of being a better human being. Reflect on that every single day. And if you can get that stuff together, you're going to have a successful life, whatever that is that you're going to be doing. Every time Fred opens his mouth, I feel like legit called out because <laughs> I had to apologize to someone today. It was someone in my family. This, I was at a moment where even in prepping for today and in the many things on my schedule, I was disturbed. And I said, you know what? That's, that's not a nice way to handle that. Admit when you're wrong. And for the CEO, man, does so many people need to hear that. I'm going to make sure this is proliferated to every CEO. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and a lot of CEOs are not very good CEOs. There are things you need to learn when you're in that position of perceived power, like speak last, for example. When I, if I have a meeting with some of my executives or the whole team, if I speak first, everybody's going to try to please me. If I speak last, I can learn shit, you know? So learn shit in your life. And you know what? Apologizing, it's amazing. It's amazing that you got this sailboat full of wind and everything, and all of a sudden you apologize and all the wind goes out of the sail and you're in this perfect sea with uh, no ripples and, and no arguments, no nothing, because you've taken a little bit of time to say, you know what, maybe I, I was wrong. Maybe I approached this in a wrong way. That's going to make, over the long term, it's going to make everything you do better, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, relationships with your parents, your kids, your husband, your wife, all of it. It's going to be a lot better if you can admit you make mistakes. And alive. 
So we've gotten the advice on entrepreneurship, personal development, your headspace, routine. Is there anything that Fred Carrington cannot do here? Yeah, I'll tell you one last thing. You 20-year-old guys, work out your legs. You got chicken legs. No, guys don't work out their legs because they're behind their pants. They come in with all this buff on the top end. We run a couple laps and you're dead. Work out your legs. That's the best advice I can get. All right, Pop Fred just told y'all dudes, (laughs) don't skip leg day. Yeah, you know who you are. I've had a blast all here with you, man. And I'm going to be a rebellious podcaster. Because I realize in business and entrepreneurship that we all sometimes quarterly or monthly may have new initiatives coming up. Um, Obviously, for everything that my listeners need, It'll all be in the show notes. All the links to the website and socials will all be there. But do you have any initiatives that we need to know about something that may not be listed on social right now? You know, the only, the one good thing for anybody is we have on our page, we have what's called an insider checklist and it's free. And uh, you go in there and it's going to give you seven major points. If you want to start anything, any kind of big business, little business, side hustle, going to give you seven things you really should do. And then every day for the next seven days, I'm sending you, I've already recorded it, so I'm not doing it specifically for you, sending you a, an email that really digs into that one thing and a, a video that's about 20 minutes that digs into that. So by the time you're done with a week, you've got these seven things, you've got written materials behind them, and you have me annoying you for 20 minutes at a time talking about each one of those things, I think it's going to really, really help. And, and again, it's free. Yeah, there you first, folks. Brett, I could really do this all day with you, man, but I want to give you some of your time back today. I am so grateful for you coming by, listening and speak, and just blessing us with all your wisdom. Well, I am grateful too. And don't forget that wisdom is just from decades of making a lot of mistakes. You've been amazing, man. So remember also, guys, that wisdom is scholarship off the mistakes of another. You've heard of my mistakes. You've heard of Fred's mistakes. So go and apply it and make your own mistakes and share and pay it forward to another. Yeah. You guys take care. Take care. We're at the end of our show and just want to thank you for coming to take the time to get into it with us over here at Listen Then Speak. We do want to ask that you would feel free to visit the website at www.listenthenspeak.com. Drop us off some feedback. And if you also want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email me at jmarsh1218 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I want to leave my guests with one thing. What is one thing that can help each of us to listen, then speak and broach topics with our fellow man in a manner that is mutually beneficial? Feel free to join us next week. Take care, everyone. Grace and peace.